Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Drugs, addiction, abuse, being abused, abusing others, self-abuse. I ask you, is there a way to recover? Is it actually possible to transform from the person of your past to the person who stands tall and owns everything and is so changed that you can say, I am proud of my recovery story? It may not seem possible as the pain and the trauma of your past experiences may feel as though they have the upper hand and dictate your life. In this interview, I have a brilliant conversation with a fellow Aussie called Natalie, who is an absolute testimony to recovery and an inspiration to give you hope that you too can make that remarkable transformation and break free from the addictions that are holding you and your life ransom. If you've listened to this podcast before, you will know that I am all about helping people to break free. My business, The Key To Be Free, offers an array of outreach and support services to help you to be free, to be yourself, and to feel free to be a vital, vibrant, and valued member of the community. Let's open the door now on today's episode and look at how you too can be free of abuse, especially free from addiction. I'd like to ask you who you think the hero of this podcast is. I want to tell you the hero is not me. And the hero is fantastic and amazing as the guests that I have on Tiara's Tears and Triumphs are. They're also not the hero of the podcast. The real hero of the podcast is you. It's you and your transformational journey. It's that engagement that you have as you stand up and you fight for your life. You fight to strive to have the life that you want to live. You make the change. You make it happen and you can. And I want you to know that and hold your head high, knowing every time that you show up and you listen to another episode, that's you being the hero. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello, Natalie, and a very, very warm welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. It's so good to be having this conversation with you today. Thank you, Sandy. It's an absolute honour and a pleasure to, to, to be here. 
and um yeah just be in in your presence and have a have a safe space to talk about you know all the things we don't necessarily like talking about well i am really really grateful to you for coming on and having one of those really awkward conversations can I just chat for a little minute about how we met? Yes. Yeah? yeah. So we were both, um, I guess, compelled to buy tickets to a local fundraiser for domestic violence called Aim for Change. And we ended up, and I don't believe in coincidence, but we ended up on the same table with each other that night. And you look gorgeous you know we were all we were all dressed to the so nines and that that was part of the fun of that fundraiser was having an excuse to feel special and look special um and that's something that is quite often sort of stripped away from us when we go through different forms of abuse and it was a really lovely way to I get guess get that message across to people that you know we are uh, we are very valuable we you know do all of us no matter what we've been through in our past we're still people of the same you know intrinsic value and worth so did you pick up on that as well from that absolutely it was so powerful and so just the power of the women in that room, because even if they weren't directly affected by domestic violence, they knew someone that had been or had some sort of attachment to those things and those issues and and all of the stuff that comes with it. And just to hear the people speak and the stories and to meet, you know, like-minded people that want to make a difference it was just it just filled my heart and you know I'm just so happy that we that that we met and I don't believe in coincidences you know I do really believe in the universe and all the gods and whatever else you believe in working their powers to bring you know to bring people together and um yeah this is really special so very grateful for to that aim for change uh, organization, um, not only for the amazing work they do, but for you know the amazing people I get to meet. Connections, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. I really do feel like the universe really wants to conspire yeah. for our good, you yeah. know. Um, and it's great when we start noticing that because sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes, especially when we're going through change, yeah. we can feel a little lost. We can feel a little aimless. We can feel a little isolated, you know, and unsure of ourselves. So once we start seeing things like these so-called coincidences where we bump into somebody you know like we did at that event and that started this you know lovely connection between us that we now have yep. it really helps to I for me what it does is it really helps to reinforce that I'm on the right track you know yes. 
and that there are, you know, like-minded people out there who have similar values and have the same sort of heartfelt desires to be helping people to get unstuck and to, you know, to experience some peace and some quality of life like you do. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I think it's really important, you know, going through when you've gone through abuse and, you know, some really hard times, you know, whether it's violence, uh, addiction, no matter what the abuse kind of looks like, it always makes, well, in my experience, it's always made me feel better when I've given back or spoken about it. And in an environment like that, yeah, it was really powerful. And, um, you know, it's been nothing, there's been nothing but good things after that. So, you know, it really is about getting vulnerable and and trying to change your perspective on things and looking for the positives rather than, rather than, the, than the negatives, um, you know, and a lot of that where we feel like that in the beginning because we're scared and we're so fearful, you know, and we think everyone's out to get us and hurt us. And when we get to be in a position where everyone's there to celebrate those horrible things we've been through for the for, for the good, you know, it's um it's just really special. So yeah, I'm I'm I feel really um very lucky and grateful to have been in that environment and gone to that event and met some really amazing women. Me too. I would like to I guess spend a little bit of time exploring who Natalie is and, you know, what you've been through in your life, Natalie, that's um, brought you to this point of um, being able to be in a position to give something back. Oh, yeah. God, where do I start? So I guess, you know, without rambling on too much, uh, Natalie now compared to Natalie, you know, three years ago is a completely different Natalie. Uh, I was raised by, you know, two amazing parents. Uh, I came from, you know, a European background, you know, very um, family orientated, um, being raised by, you know, two migrants, you know, that came to this country with pretty much nothing. Um, you know, they put a lot of pressure on on, on us uh, to be the best that 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 we could be um that pressure you know I from a really from a really young age I strive to be a perfectionist uh I had to be everything just had to be perfect I was a gymnast uh you know I trained really hard worked really hard I really always wanted to prove I was worth something um, you know, when I look back, I, yeah, I was just always very hard on myself and always compared myself to others, especially my sisters growing up. They were very academic. I was not. So I felt like I had to make up for it in other areas of my life. Um, my gymnastics, even though it was great for many reasons, uh, you know, being seven, eight, nine years old, being weighed and measured and, having that kind of pressure on a young girl to look, look good. Um, listen, Sandy, it caused all sorts of kind of, uh, I don't know, it just it just caused a, a real kind of false outlook on what I should be or what I should look like. Years went on, you know, and the obsession to look a certain way 
got stronger and stronger. At the age of 14 and 15, I found drugs. Well, that changed the game for me. I realized that they could keep me thin. And, you know, and that's where it started. Um, I, it quite the drugs quietened my mind down. I lost my appetite. And this just went on through most of my kind of teenage life. I, um, you know, I, I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. Uh, we had a very toxic relationship. Uh, we both, you know, we, we, we used quite heavily together. We were no good for each other, but we loved each other. And, you know, I'm really fast tracking this, obviously I'm being mindful of the time, but, you know, there, there was a lot of things that kind of happened in that time. I thought having a child would kind of save our relationship uh, that it didn't, you know, um, we, I realize now looking back, you know, I was very sick mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And when those three things don't align, it's, it's just a recipe for like absolute destruction. Our marriage fell apart quite early. Uh, my son was two, two months old uh, wow. and I had to leave that relationship. Um, I moved back home, you know, living back at home didn't work out. So I got myself involved with anyone that could support my habit. I had a raging drug habit at that point, but it was, well, it wasn't funny. It's not funny. I, I didn't realize I was an addict because I had a great career. I had family, I had a roof over my head and I had money. And to the outside world, it looked like I kind of had it all together till I just didn't. I would purposely put myself in really horrible situations uh, with men that would hurt me because I hated the mother I had become. I hated the person I was, you know, it, everything I was doing was completely against all my moral fibers. I was, I was hurting people. People were hurting me. You know, I was just living this really horrible life. Like towards the end of it, I was, you know, my, my son had been put into my parents' custody, you know, and that's not something I'm, you know, it's all these things I'm saying to you, Sandy, I kept them inside for so long because I was so embarrassed and ashamed of what I had become. But what I realized is the only way to be free of it all was to admit that I had a problem um, and talk about it in a safe space to people that understand. I think for a long time, you know, I saw psychologists and counselors and psychiatrists and a lot of the times I'd end up on more medication that I'd get addicted to. And don't get me wrong, there's some amazing help out there and some amazing people that can offer a great ear and someone to talk to. But for me personally, the people I saw in the start, they were of no help to me. I got help out of speaking to people that had gone through what I had gone through and I respected them. And I, that's what changed it for me too. I was I started to speak to people that I'm like, okay, yeah, I actually value your opinion because you've gone through what I've gone through. Um, three years ago, I uh, I checked myself into a rehab almost three years ago now, um, and 
prior to getting there, I had lost everything. Like, like I mentioned earlier, my son was taken out of my care. I had lost my home. I had literally had gambled away everything. Gambling was another addiction of mine. I would use and I would gamble. They would just coincide. And I, um, yeah, I had lost like anything. I lost my faith in, in God. I lost my faith in anything good. I lost my faith in prayer. I lost my faith in myself. I didn't know who I was. I was 45 kilos. I couldn't string a sentence together. I was addicted to Xanax, addicted to methamphetamine, addicted to literally anything you could give me at that point to take me out of self. And it was sad and lonely and dark, but um, I checked into a place called Habitat um, in Geelong. And with the help of people there, you know, I, um, I learned how to live again very slowly, very slowly. I learned how to live again. And um, I'm forever in their, in their debt. The people I met there, um, you know, and um, I was introduced to uh, NA fellowship there. If you don't know what NA is, and NA is Narcotics Anonymous. And that's a just a, a place where you can go and um, be supported by other recovering addicts. And I met my fiance now um, in that fellowship as well. And um, it really, uh, without going into it too deeply, you know, it introduces you to a 12-step program, you know, uh, and it teaches you about your about yourself so you can kind of identify why these things are happening to you and it's it's weird I didn't realize I was an addict till I actually put the drugs down and all I found and I continue to do the work and and do meetings and all that um I find it's just all fear and not being able to sit with ourselves and being too hard on ourselves um you know and I think as women we do that a lot. You know, we have to be the best mom and we have to look like this. We have to talk like this and we have to drive this car, you know, and, and, and we have to be all these things. We don't know. We just really have to be. And, you know, like the way I look at the way I parent now and I've got my amazing son back in my life and I've got another yeah. two now. <laughs> um, I, you know, we, we co-parent my, my fiance and I, our, our three kids, um, you know, and I'm really, really proud of my recovery story, Sandy, you know, it was, it was just so, I just look at that person that I was to the person I am now. And I'm so proud of her. And I look at that girl, that sad, sad girl with so much compassion now you know, because she just did what she kind of had to do to survive in the end. Uh, I really, yeah, I just, I just kind of did what, what I thought was right. And a lot of it was wrong, but I forgive myself mm. and I've had to forgive others. You know, I had to forgive all the people that hurt me. You know, um, I had some really horrible, horrible things done to me. I've got a body full of scars and, you know, really bad, bad memories. But, um, you know, I learned that I don't have to do it alone. And there's a lot of women out there and not a lot of us make it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm one of the very few, like you, Sandy, that, that have. And 
there's nothing more important me than important to me than sharing the message of hope there's always a way out and it's not always easy it's not always easy yeah can we talk about that for a minute because it's you were describing before about being in survival mode um and basically continuing you know the same cycle just perpetuating the same things over and over again without knowing how to do anything different to what you were doing that's all all you kind of knew and even though you might have wished for everything to be different you weren't equipped with the information with the sources on on who was going to help you to facilitate that change yeah and I think you know this is one of the absolutely vital roles that we can play for other women is to share our whole story and particularly with that focus on that turning point for us how what occurred you know to be able to turn things around for us and for you from what you've said and correct me if I'm wrong Natalie but it was when you checked yourself into rehab that's when you found oh my goodness I've actually found an alternative path and this could be my path of transformation and even though um putting myself in your shoes for a second how incredibly hard that was to go to rehab and to admit that to yourself and to others that you had a problem that was more than you could deal with on your own yeah because you're you know you come from this place of being um a proud woman who has accomplished much in her life um you were very highly disciplined then you went off on a tangent because you were having these um i guess you know misguided beliefs implanted from unhealthy um things that you were representations that you know you were picking up on through gymnastics and that you had to look a certain way and you had to be a certain body type and you you know and this is where things happened for you where you started having this perception that you had to be something else to be okay and that you know somebody else was always setting the bar on what was okay for Natalie to be okay instead of it being, well, what's okay for Natalie according to Natalie. Yep. And so you have to figure that out, you know, on the other side of hitting rock bottom and getting to that place of understanding that, you needed support to be able to go on that new path of exploration to actually learn to sit with Natalie again and and just acquaint yourself with Natalie and 
you know what Natalie likes and you know who Natalie is yeah yeah for for a long time I you know adapted the the identities and likes and dislikes of someone I was in a relationship with or a friend or I never had my own my own like identity really like I just yeah I was like a chameleon and it was now when I look back on it yeah it just it was just it was just such a crazy time like I just I couldn't never sit with myself Sandy I could never sit with myself I always had to be doing something I could never look deep enough in myself because I knew I wasn't going to like what I found and I knew I would have to face the music it was I didn't I don't think I looked at myself in the mirror for 10 years actually sat there and looked and said this is you know like just quickly like when I brushed my hair or got out of the shower but you know I I never really looked looked deep within myself you know and um I held on to this person that I thought I was it's all these things I told myself you know you're a shit mum you are not uh you're not worthy of this uh you're not pretty enough uh you know these people aren't gonna like you or you know you're not worthy of this like it was just that was just like the song I played to myself for a very very long time like you couldn't make your marriage work you know your husband had an affair because you didn't do the right things. You weren't a good wife. You know, you weren't all of these things, you know, when it turns out I am, you know, I, I am a woman that made mistakes, but that doesn't mean I deserved what I got. Did it teach me a lesson? Yes, it did. And there's a lesson there's a lesson and a blessing, like I always say, in all of those things that happen to us. But um, by owning up to the things that I did and I mainly the things I did to myself, I think they're the most harmful things. You know, like I purposely would ingest as much narcotics as I could because I wanted to hurt myself. And that is a really scary dark place to be in and when you get freedom from that and learn that you don't have to live that way anymore it's just so freeing like you get wings and you can just you can do anything and now you know I sit here before you three years later a successful business owner I run a household I get to travel the world doing what I love helping people I I run a, a recruitment business that's quite that does a lot of work within the allied health space. So I get to help people help people now. And there's nothing really more rewarding than that. I, I can't believe, you know, that I I had this inside me the whole time. And I let people tell me that. I would amount to nothing in my life. And I really started to believe it. And I believed it for a long time. And I stayed stuck. You know, I just stayed stuck and would run away and try and move somewhere and fix my life there and move on to this person and fix my life with them when all I needed to do was get me right 
Let's take a quick break to breathe and hear about how to find the keys that you need to be free. You're off to a great start because you found this podcast to help you to heal your heart. Now, each episode is jam-packed with support and inspiration, but don't forget to check out the episode notes, which is set up to be your life support station. In there, you'll find links to a crisis support list, plus a way to contact us and so much more to help you close the door on fearfulness and pick up the keys to a life where good things are going to be again in store. Okay, take another breath and let it go and turn your attention back to today's show. Some people, for some people, it takes, you know, this amount, amount of time. For some people, it might take a shorter amount of time. It's always going to look really different. But when I did the work on healing my inside, and that looks like a lot of different things, you know, I, I meditate, I pray, I exercise, I give myself some quiet time while my kids are at school. You know, um, I, I do Reiki, uh, I kinesiology. I talk to people like it looks very different for everybody, but they're the things that kind of worked for me. And what I found was once the inside is healed and it's never fully healed, I'm probably 60% of the way there, but it's much better than 2%. Mm. I'm so yeah. glad that you, you know, you mentioned that because for me, I see it as a journey. Yeah. I don't see healing as uh, because we, like healing as a whole um, is it, kind of equates to perfection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I think that it's, um, I don't know, we put ourselves in a dangerous place when we have that expectation to be wholly healed from, yeah. um, from you know, like a multitude of um, different experiences that have all amounted to a whole lot of um, trauma and pain inside of us. So, and I really do see it as a journey. So um, I think that, as you said, some people are going to, it's going to happen more rapidly. And, and for me, I think the key is actually when you get to that place of, like you expressed, of feeling like you've got wings, feeling like you can take flight in your life. That's when you know that you've done a good chunk of the healing because you're not weighted down so no. much anymore by the pain of the past. But yeah. that doesn't mean that there won't be something that might crop up in your path tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, yeah. that could take you straight back to that place of raw vulnerability and and say, oh, there's something else there that I actually need to still pay attention yeah. to, that I need to sit with, that I need to gain an awareness about that I need to nurture that I need to seek support with all those sorts of things it could be any of those things to help you to work on healing that next thing that arises within because we come into this world as humans and humans 
are human. They make mistakes. We make mistakes and, and therefore our life experience is not, is not supposed to be perfect. No. We will have our ups and downs. Life will throw us curveballs. And just because we've healed this part of our life doesn't mean that we're going to come up against something else that is going to bring us to our knees. And that's just part of being human. But when we learn to sit with ourselves and learn to love ourselves, ultimately love ourselves, then we have more strength to deal with that next thing that it may arise for us that might bring us to our knees so it's you know that's one thing that I really feel is important to highlight because otherwise we go through life still comparing ourselves to somebody who might be listening to this right now might be thinking but I'm not like Sandy and I'm not like Natalie, and they're so much better than me because they've managed to overcome all the adversity in their past and listen to them. They're really articulate. They're really comfortable in their own skins. I'm not like that. And suddenly you put yourself back there as not, not enough. And that's the last place that you or I want anybody yeah. who listens to this to be. We want anyone who's listening to this to know that it's possible for you to to heal your life absolutely absolutely i'd like to talk about the 12 steps because oh. i don't think i've ever covered the 12 steps with anybody so far that i've interviewed and i think it's really important because they um, they're very powerful and you were talking about you know finding a lot of your strength through NA uh, I participated in Al-Anon for some time yep. and yep. that actually was so liberating for me and and just as you said there was so much strength in being a part of a peer support group other yep. people who understood the things that you were experiencing other people who had perhaps progressed on their journey to a certain stage where they were in a position to be able to give you a hand up and to help you see what your next steps might be. Yeah. So, where to, yeah, NA is a non-for-profit, you know, organisation. You know, they don't make any money off trying to get anyone well. You know, it's just a bunch of addicts coming together and, helping each other out and without I guess going through all the steps in too much detail you know um really the first step of an NA is the admission you know and you don't have to be a a drug addict you could be a, a you know codependent addicted to other people addicted to food addicted to gambling addicted to out addicted to anything in anything and what I I had such an ego Sandy you know my ego I just didn't need help from anyone I knew everything I was going to get myself out of all the crap I'd created I knew I had the answers I had the answers you can't help me you don't know me you don't know what I've been through um and when you 
have those few days of, you know, or few weeks, few months of sobriety and, and, and getting clean, you realize how powerless you actually are. And I thought that being powerless and vulnerable and admitting I had a problem was so weak. How weak of me. But it's it's strength. And if that's one real, and I'm really glad you asked me about the 12 steps because it kind of, it's done so much for me. It I, I sometimes I don't even like, I mean, it's nearly been three years since I've been clean and sober, but um I don't even really relate the steps to the to the the drugs anymore. I relate them to my personal struggles and all of that and how these 12 steps have not only helped me in my addiction, but helped me in my relationships with others and my relationship with myself, my relationship with food, my relationship with nicotine. It's it's all because of it's all because of these steps, you know, and um what I've been able to find out. It's like each step took took me through a journey, you know. Um and then the second step kind of goes into having belief in something other than us. When I went through my life, the gospel according to Natalie it didn't get me very far. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had to have faith in something. And I had lost, like I was raised, raised Catholic, you know, and I think a lot of people freak out when it comes to God and religion. And this, and NA is nothing about religion. It's you can believe in, you know, the sun for all you want. If the sun's something that gives you strength, it's just about believing in something that's not us, having hope in something greater, that something greater out there, even if it's another family member or, you know, your car or something that can just help you get out of you, you know, that's safe, you know, Um Number three is about making a decision um, to kind of turn our our life and our will over uh, to something greater than ourselves, you know. And I mean, I don't know if you kind of if I have time to go through all of it, but can I? Yeah, can I just ask you with that particular one? Yeah. Do you see that one as a something that you do once you, you have a very clear intention? You know, it's at this pivotal moment. It's a very spiritual moment, and you actually can feel that this energy of something that you've been holding on to very tightly is suddenly being lifted yes. and shared with somebody or something else. And does it happen once or is it something that you feel that needs to happen every moment you find yourself getting caught up in controlling and trying to control everything? I've done the 12 steps twice in three years yeah. and there's parts of it that are just a constant daily thing that you need to yeah. do. It's yeah. maintenance. You've never, the way I see it, Sandy, is you've never got it. The minute you think you've got something, you don't have it because life is all about maintaining that stuff. And yes, to answer your question, the first time I did it, I got that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like I'm free. I'm not bound by, by, by 
by drugs and alcohol and pain anymore and drama. Like I'm, I'm free. I can be free of all of that stuff, but I'll have a bad day. I suffer from really bad night terrors and they will remind me and take me back to very dark places. And I'm there again. And I need to work through in my mind. All right, Nat, you're powerless over this. There's nothing you can do. Just hand it over. It's hand it over. You're doing the right things. You're not hurting anybody anymore. You're not hurting yourself. Feelings are not facts. They're going to pass and you're going to feel very different about this tomorrow. So they're the things I tell myself. One of the steps, uh, I'm pretty sure it's step 10, you do a, a nightly inventory of everything that's happened to you in the day. You know, if you're, if I'm having a really crappy day and, you know, I'm being really short with the kids and, you know, I'm frustrated at work and nothing's going right and I'm really just angry and mad and I do a list. All right, now, have you done exercise? Have you meditated? What's happening? Have you been kind to everyone? Have you listened? You know, all these things. You know, and then I'm like, oh, this is what I didn't do. This is why I feel like crap. Like I think, Sandy, that every person, once they reach a certain age, I actually think they should teach the 12 steps in school. I couldn't agree more. Oh. I think so because it it's like giving you the tools, isn't it? It's, it gives you the tools to deal with life. Yeah. yeah. With life. I'm not it just teaches you and it teaches you account of it teaches you accountability. I think what a real game changer for me was, especially like I I hated all these men because they hurt me and I hated myself for hurting me and I hated my mum because she did this and it was my dad's fault for doing that. And when I stopped, and it's I only learned this through those steps, when I just stopped blaming everyone else and did some work on me and my part to play in everything, did I deserve to get beat up and thrown in the middle of a street and stabbed and this? And No, I didn't. Not. But could I have made better decisions? Yes, I could have. Yes, I could have. And am I going to make, and I am going to make better decisions, but I'm pre- probably still going to make crappy ones, not life-threatening crappy ones anymore, but these things come into play for the smallest choice I need to make. It's just the way that I think now, the way that I think about myself, the way I think about others, the way I put principles before person- personalities now, the way I don't we all pass judgment, but how that judgment can affect another human. You know, I never used to think of anyone else. I was such a selfish person, Sandy. I was just so consumed by what I could get and how I could get it and how I could feel better. I didn't matter about anyone else around me. And I'm just not that person anymore, Mm. you know, and to any woman or man or anyone listening to this, you know, um, there's freedom from all of that thinking. It doesn't serve us being that way. And I think, you know, when we're getting angry at people or people are frustrating us and, you know, they're, they're doing things that annoy us, what I've actually learned is when I'm getting frustrated and annoyed at someone, it's because they're usually highlighting something that I don't like about myself. And now it's like I go into like private investigator mode 
And I want to find out, like, okay, so like one of my friends was really irritating me. And but it's only because like she's such a great attentive mother. And I'm just a little bit more like crazy and I just can't, you know, manage manage my kids as well as she does. So I need to look at ways that I can manage things better. And I'm so grateful to her. And gratitude's another big one, Sandy, you know. Yeah, huge, isn't it? Gratitude's so massive. Like I do yeah. a list every day because you can get, life is great now. My yeah. life is great. And I can become really complacent and forget you know, three Can't years we ago. All. Can't three years we ago, all? Three years ago, I was couch surfing. Yeah. I was couch surfing, and my and my son wasn't allowed to see me. You know, and and I was doing really horrible things to make money. But and then I'm complaining because the heater wouldn't switch on in the morning, or I'm complaining because we've got you know we're renovating our house and we've got to spend all this money and like you know and I have to work harder. But who cares? Like look how, look how, look how amazing everything is and everyone is is healthy and yeah. I don't rely on drugs to wake me up or put me to sleep yeah. or you know um I can give my son a kiss. Yeah. And he can hug me and talk to me. And, yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect mum, but I'm there. I'm there when he wakes up and I'm there when he goes to sleep and I'll be there for every single thing. If you asked me that three years ago, I couldn't have promised you that I would be there because I wanted to die oh, so long, you know. Like I just wanted to, it's just, I just want people out there to understand miracles happen and we need to be patient because sometimes they don't happen overnight. But if we can just push on a little bit more and try and put ourselves in the right environments, just just keep going. Don't give up on yourself. Yeah. Don't give up on yourself. Like I was a broken down 43 kilo banged up, hate saying the word, junkie. That's what I was. That's what I was. And I'm just not that. We are not our past. We are not what people tell us that we are. Like we're given a gift, a gift whether you believe in God or the universe or anything you believe in. When we're created, there's something special inside us and we owe it to ourselves to figure out what that is and just keep going. Just just keep going because if I didn't, like if I didn't know this was waiting for me. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. And now that I've got it, I'll do whatever I have to do to hold on to it, Sandy. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a miracle. It's, it's, a, it's hard work. It's been hard work. But this is, a, a, this is just a miracle. Thanks so much for also highlighting that thing about complacency, how, you know, easy it is to become complacent and why it's so important to have spiritual practices and when you know I was talking about you know listening when I was listening to you talk about um being disciplined with things like gymnastics having a spiritual practice is also a discipline and when we cultivate practices in our lives they become habits and it's a really important reason to actually persist with doing those things and not give up on them and not say 
oh, I don't feel like doing my gratitude journal today. Or even if you, you know, even if your practice is finding three things to be grateful for in a day and, you know, you're having a really bummed out day and you just feel like uh, last thing I want to do is try and find anything to be grateful for. It's really important to keep going with those practices and find even the smallest things to still be grateful for because when you lapse with these things, it's very easy to fall into that place of complacency Mm. and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not feeling as strong as what I've been feeling like in the past. I don't know what's going on. And then you realise what's happened is that you have neglected your spiritual practice and it's, you know, things aren't working so well for you because you've forgotten it's like food. It's like going without food for a time. If you don't keep nurturing yourself through your spiritual practice, you, you become hungry, you become weak because you haven't been receiving that nourishment yeah it's really um consistency and discipline and it's about doing the things on the days that you don't feel like doing them because that's when you reap the rewards like I can't be bothered going to the gym some days I just want to come back home and put the heater on but I go because I know that mentally I will feel so much better or you know there's just sometimes I just can't be bothered you know having that conversation but I know if I have it I'll feel so much better I don't want to say speak to my psychologist but I do and I feel better and that's it you know we we can get tired and lazy like you might be doing the right things for months and like you're still not noticing anything good but you're closer to getting where you want to be if you weren't doing them at all yeah absolutely most definitely so it's really it for me it's been really important to just have a very good routine. Routine is key for me. Yeah, me too. Monday to Friday, it's this happens at this time. This happens at that time. This is what happens at this time. The weekends are for no routine and being kind to myself and doing fun things with the kids, kids, you know, and, and making sure that, you know, like for me personally, like that's where I get my joy from now, you know, like they, they fill up my heart so so much I could just sit there and watch them, you know, and because I, I nearly didn't get to do that. Yeah. You know, get, get to do that. So we're all different. Such a blessing. Such a blessing. It's all, it's, it's, it's all a blessing just to be, just to be and to be happy and comfortable with myself, to be free of guilt and shame, to be free of what anyone thinks like there's nothing that anyone can say about me that I haven't said about myself do you know what I mean like I could not care less because I know my past does not define me our past does not define any of us we are flawed humans and as long as we show forgiveness to others and namely to ourselves there's really nothing that we cannot do. We are capable of more than we know. We are our biggest, worst enemies. Mm, Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So I'm just trying to think, is there anything else that you feel really on your heart to share? 
on my heart to share. Um, I think I've really kind of covered, you know, everything and you've been so great. Thank you for just giving me, like I said earlier, a safe space to kind of share my truth. But um, I think, you know, the main message that I really, when I, when you asked me to be on this podcast, I had this little drop in my head and the thing that I really just wanted to share is we shouldn't have to hide parts of ourselves to please others. When I heard your story and you told me a little bit, you know, the bits and pieces about it and what you've had to endure and what you've had to go through, something just came to me and it was like, poor Sandy, she had to like have like hide all this stuff and live this secret life and be on the run and do all these things because she had to, you know, we we try and make all these other people happy and we forget about making ourselves happy. And I think that's just the message in all of this. All anyone really ever wants is peace yeah, and happiness. And, you know, whatever it takes to get it, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do. And I think when, you know what I think is a real gift? This is probably what I really want to end on, Sandy. The gift of desperation is the greatest gift anyone can receive because when you're desperate to get better you will do anything you will move to heaven and earth and your mind becomes open when you're desperate you look at things that you'd never look at that you would have never looked at before and um I'm I've never been I'm more grateful for the horrible things I've had to endure than the good things because without those horrible things, we, you and I would not be sitting here today and I think it would be the same for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's helped me to become, you know, more compassionate. It's helped me to be able to be more empathetic with people, you know, across the board in life. It's helped me to gain tolerance it's helped me to learn patience there's so many you know things that gifts that I've received through going through those adversities as you know as a byproduct if you like because um I wanted to try and find the positive in it and you know we could we could let it end and you know keep stay in that state of victimhood yep and i i do believe we all um experience some form of victimization in our life i think that's part of the human experience um and even though it it may not even be an overt thing but at some point in our life we're going to feel sorry for ourselves about something and if we're feeling sorry for ourselves and that's an indication then you're feeling victimized by something by someone you know so that is something that you need to be set free from absolutely and um and when we do and when we seek to be set free that's where the gifts are waiting for us on the other side all of those lessons that we'll learn from getting set free from victimhood so the last question that I'll ask you, and it's something that I ask all my guests, is because this podcast is called Tiaras, Tears and Triumphs, what does that title mean to you, Natalie, as a woman? 
I love it. I actually love, I love, I love it. Oh, um, so tiaras, well, for me, the tiara represents, you know, growing up as a little princess, you know, growing up as a little princess thinking that, you know, um, one day my Prince Charming is going to come and solve all my problems and I won't need to do anything, you know, and I will just have this really entitled princessy life with my big poofy dress and my big high heels and I'll just sit at home. Well, you know, it's just the <laughs> thing that we're, it just re- like represents Disney and all the things as young girls we're kind of conditioned to do and accept and all of that. And then it, the tears that come when you realise that ain't the case. <laughs> I have a Prince Charming. I love him, but um, it, it took me a long bloody time to find him. <laughs> took about 15 really bad, ugly toad frogs before I got him. <laughs> anyway, but it's the tears. So, you know, it's it's the tears of then, you know, oh, my God, like life can be hard and I just want to cry. And then the triumph of I overcome all of that stuff. I've overcome it, not alone, with 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 the help of others, you know. Um, but it's the overcoming which is the triumph for me. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a really true for me representation of it. It's uh, probably the reason why I felt so comfortable with that title. That's a great title, Sandy. Yeah, I, I you completely, you completely relate. <laughs> so once again Natalie thank you so much for taking some time out to have this absolutely fantastic conversation with me thank you from the bottom of my heart (laughs) amazing you're amazing thank you so much and thanks to all your listeners if you would like to be a part of a growing community to fast track your healing journey, you can do this in a couple of ways. One way you can do this is to become a supporter of this podcast by becoming a patron. This will help me to help you and other people just like you to discover the resources that are included in this podcast to help you rise back up after hitting rock bottom, after experiencing different forms of abuse. And like I said, you can do this by becoming a patron of this podcast. It's super easy. Just go to the episode notes and click on the link to become a patron. When you are a patron, you will receive exclusive bonuses like the behind the scenes audio files with deep and meaningful insights from conversations with guests that are not included in the podcast interviews plus there are a range of special building blocks to help you to rebuild your life so go check it out and you can join the growing rise up with tiara's tears and triumphs facebook group with over 400 members where you can troubleshoot issues you're having 
every victim and every survivor of abuse has expertise. And being part of a community of peers gives you a safe place to get answers to questions that you have and to share what you know with others. Again, just go to the episode notes to become a member of the group today. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light, shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow hosted by me sandy j this program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough teaches empowerment strategies acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side who share their stories and insights as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. 
I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.